Hello and welcome to episode 55 of the Flames Fancast. Uh, it's been a long, long, long time. Uh, it's September 1st today. Or no, sorry, it's August 31st. September 1st until tomorrow. Uh, the Flames are long out of the playoffs. The second round of the playoffs is coming close to a conclusion here. And uh, we're looking at a large number of off-season questions. So we've got a pretty action-packed show for you today. Uh, if you're still listening and sticking with us, thank you very much, obviously. <laughs> we had 109 listens to the episode whatever during the middle of the pandemic, so that's something to look forward to, I guess, if you haven't listened to that. I'm not sure it has a lot of Flames content, but hey. A lot of ranting, a lot of debating, but non-Flame stuff, this is what... <laughs> it looks like it's working. I don't know. Okay. I, I see I mean, bars... I mean, it's been a while since I've worked with this stuff, so we'll... Uh... Our setup is a little different because uh, we usually have it on the TV, but it's just on the computer screen today because the podcasting equipment has been away because, you know, life has kind of gone off the rails this year. But anyhow... Hopefully everybody is safe and, and their families are healthy and happy throughout these trying times. Yeah. But we and thought I mean, that it's time to start doing this again because we might be the source of happiness for about 10 of you. I, I was gonna say three, but I'll take I, ten. I think I think we bumped ourselves to ten. I think we're I think we're really hitting stardom here after a two month hiatus. Well, when showing when very does the consistent season, content, when does the, the season time. come up again? December December first or it's something. It's later, yeah. We'll so, I mean, we'll really get her going for the twenty twenty. We'll wrap her up, season. but the problem is, like you know, we we could have really got so. We were on vacation, whatever, yeah. everyone's got their vacation. Like, but vacation in the summer is at just... At the same time, what were the Flames worth covering during the playoff run? Probably. Maybe at the beginning. Not the ending, though. The ending was bad. Well, w- let's talk about playoffs quickly, and then we'll get into what we're kind of looking at for the new season here. So, any big takeaways from the Winnipeg series other than we were, you know, we injured... Well, we didn't injure, per se. Their two best players got injured. I'm not saying at all that Kachuk did it on purpose because he definitely didn't. But absolutely not. Uh, their two players, their two best players, got injured in that. December first, by the way, is the took the air out of, the of their tires. Season. Yeah, like I think there isn't much to talk about. I guess for the Winnipeg series, in the sense that you know we did really well, despite the fact that you know a couple of their player, the best players, were gone. I mean, like they still had Wheeler. They still had well, yeah. I mean, just look at, if you look at the next series where we lost Kachuk, it was damaging for us. It was almost like karma, in a way. Not that he meant it, but, you know, like, when you look at the Flames versus a team that's diminished talent-wise versus a team that they were playing against with their own talent diminished, like, we we are not anywhere near being a playoff team without more Kachuks, let alone one Kachuk that's gone. And, like, the character that he brings onto the ice is obviously, you know, it's it's very apparent. Like, everybody sees it, right? And he's always the first one kind of taking ownership of whether he played poorly or if the team's playing poorly, he kind of takes it on himself, too. It's very captain material. Um, but, yeah, like, you know, the Winnipeg series, we, we just handedly took over the games, especially when it seemed like Winnipeg was demoralized when they lost their best players. Yeah. And, you know, we did well. well. Winnipeg is a lesser team than Dallas, too. For sure. But we did well considering still. Because, you know, sometimes teams respond in a way where they're like, okay, 
fuck these guys. Like, they injured a couple of our players. Let's fucking right, get them, right? right? But Winnipeg didn't really show that wherewithal to get it back together. They were um, more interested in having their snipes uh, at the press conferences. Right. And we'll, like, we'll Kachuk this. And yeah. Paul Maurice kind of backfired on him, in my opinion. It's but. pretty, to me, it's pretty fucking obvious he didn't do it on purpose. No, like, it's, it's and, his reputation. And you've got to right? think about that play was slowed down in super slow motion. And, and when that's happening at full speed, there's, there's no way. No fucking like, it's chance. It's pretty obvious when you see intent to injure versus there's there's no way like if it's just it's not even close. It's not even worth talking about. But yeah, I guess the big surprise in that one was uh, Talbot and his performances in that. I guess for us because I think we're both more in the Riddick camp that he started. Yeah, like I mean, what do you think? Like I guess management or coaching decided that Talbot was our better goalie, and they thought he's the guy that we want to have to go through it. And that's why we stuck with him. I mean, I can't really think of anything else. Riddick only played a period or 30 minutes in preseason and, again, the Edmonton game, and Talbot was the guy. He played well in that first series, but I guess game six against Dallas, he obviously really let us down. And then I think his— Yeah, but is that his fault? Yeah. Those goals were soft. He was playing out of his skin most of the time, but I guess. Are you talking about Talbot or Riddick? Talbot, Talbot. Oh, Oh, Riddick, no, not. That's not his fault coming into that kind of position like that. Talbot was probably the reason why we even stayed in that series. Yeah. And I mean, just thinking about. Christ, I don't even know how old Riddick is now. Can we even talk about his development per se? But it's Uh, it's not good for the mental state of your goalie. Yeah, it's a little. It's probably bitterly to throw that out there in my opinion just because like you have a situation where he had a lot of momentum before the pandemic hit and like he he was to me anyway he was still arguably the number one he wasn't the one a like he was the number one in my eyes i think the more worrying part is the utter collapse after going three nothing up yeah i mean uh, this is you know like such classic flames right like you know it was it was kind of fucked because as I was watching that game in my head, I'm like, these guys are going to, f- it's not going to last. Like there's something foundationally missing with this team when they're playing in the playoffs. Like it just, it always seems so shaky. Even when we win, it's not convincing. No. Right. No. There was maybe the, odd I mean, game. even when we were up three, nothing, it yeah, wasn't convincing. It was, it was, but you know, in fairness to me anyway, it was like the best hockey I've seen them play for those first three goals. But you just knew that it wasn't going to be sustainable. Like, for some reason, I had this doubt that just lingered. I don't think you were the only one. Yeah. And, like... I know I was feeling that, too. Yeah. And, like, I remember texting a buddy saying, like... Because this was the first time he was watching the Flames all playoffs. And he's like, why are you complaining? Like, these guys are killing it. I'm like, yeah, this is probably the best I've ever seen them, like, in years. And lo and behold, they just just collapsed. Who were the best to you? In that series against and against that, well, in the playoffs in general, who are the standouts to you? Talbot. Yeah, Talbot. Who else? I mean, Lucic was playing well in the Winnipeg series. That Lucic Dubé did pretty good in Dallas. Lucic Dubé line with and Bennett. Bennett was good, yeah. and and even Michael Backlund had some solid play. Mm-hmm. Again, like our front line guys. I don't want to be overly critical of them because my opinion wavers a lot. I still err on the side of that. I think it's better for the organization that Trey Goudreau will get onto that later. But uh, they, they just didn't 
show up like the I mean Dallas's top line Sagan Ben they were they were just as equally nowhere to be seen if you will still getting points but not like coming out and dominating like a McKinnon or a I don't even know what we, we don't we don't really have that dominating presence. No, but I mean that that's the kind of ben aura is the that closest thing. has. Yeah, but Ben is the closest thing that we have to that. Bennett plays on our third line. Yeah. And he's he's <laughs> But if he's you're a f- if you're a dominating force in the playoffs is Bennett, you're not winning he, a Stanley Cup. But he's Cup. but he's a fucking beast in the playoffs. Absolutely. Right? I don't he was one of our best players, but the hard cold truth is that if Bennett is your dominating force in the Stanley Cup playoffs, you are not winning. You yeah. might win a series. You're not winning a cup. Yeah, you can't rely on the third line, guys. You got to rely on your first line. Exactly. Every, you, well, you got to rely on everyone to produce. Don't get me wrong. Like, I love Bennett's character. I love the way he played. I still don't love how many penalties and stupid penalties he takes. But the guy turns up in the playoffs. Like, Absolutely. Like you, you were mentioning that to me you know, offline. He turns up in the playoffs. And we just we don't have a consistent group of players who really do that. And and also like maybe it's just age or, you know, time or not not being in the in the form of hockey and the flow of hockey with Gio's performances were pretty bad. Coming yeah, off the Norris nothing, season the year. There was before. nothing stand up there. No. And I mean we've we've got a number of young defensemen which I hope we utilize coming into the future here, but I think we might see Gio's thirty seven now. Yep. I don't I don't know how much longer the guy can hack it at that top level, right? And I mean, his contract's only for two more years at that level, so we well, he's, we got a sorry, lot of value out of the guy. He's 36, but turning 37 in October. Yeah. So, so I mean, either way. He's, he's same, 36 till he's 37, I guess. He's 37 yeah. when the new season starts. Yeah. And, and we'll, we'll see. see. I yeah, mean, like, I hope, again, I hope I'm wrong, but I just think Father Time's catching up with him. Yeah, just, there, there just seems but to it's be inevitable. That a few more stuff, grays in the beard every season. Yeah, but it's not, it's not a knock on the guy, right? Like, no, it's, not at all. It's just I, the way it is. Like, that's, that's life. That's right? life. You can't I mean, play till you're 50. The thing is, is that, well, some people want to, right? But they can't. I mean, at some point, the organization is going to have to make some tough decisions, like, on many, many fronts, right? And I don't know if it's part of our agenda. Probably will be at some point. But, you know, like the coaching, for example, yeah. we've, we've had this lingering for a half a season, basically. And, and granted, again, extraordinary circumstances probably delayed any type of process to bring in somebody different. But the guys were ranting and raving about how good the coaching change has been, how good, you know, like the environment's been. And Lucic used to work with him and, and all this stuff. and. Yeah, that's all great and good, but you and I have been kind of saying this for, um, for years. We've been doing this for two years now, and you don't want a coach that's the buddy. No. And it feels like he's kind of, you know, like leaning that way, right? And, and fair enough. Like, sometimes that works you know, the, the thing about when you kind of come in in a, in a tight spot, right? The thing about Jeff Ward is that he just strikes me as way too, way too calm. Like, Bill Peters kind of get inflamed about all the wrong things. Like, you know, Tortorella just gets angry about everything. Bill, uh, Jeff Ward, you see a call, he, like, the refs come over, and it's, like, the calmest talk ever. Like, he might shake his head or something, but his face never turns red or anything serious like that. He just seems way too calm. And I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but I'd like my coach to have a bit more aggression a bit more action yeah me too i i feel like you look at this guy and i i feel like he has a great hockey brain like he he seems like a quiet unassuming guy with a great hockey brain 
but I don't know if he's suited for like the top leadership job. And maybe maybe you don't even need to have the greatest hockey brain in a leadership job. I think your ability to to motivate and to challenge your team is probably more important than your tactical prowess at hockey. I mean, someone yeah. like Barry Trotz has both, and you just see his teams play. And, and you know, you see it in Barry, right? But, like but you I, see his you, face. The, the with players that. know they're like. You just look at the guy, and I've never seen someone so wide. It just scares me. <laughs> Maybe it's just the like TV camera. He's like, like he's like so a Minecraft character. Wide, yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow, Barry, man, um, I I would just, you know, like I, as you said, like, but I prefer the coaches that you know they, when I play poorly, I want to be yelled at. I want to be told. I want to be like. You know, like back when we were in school, like when teachers get pissed, like that one teacher. Yeah, like but that's you. Uh, you stare at your pencil case till like the shit's pe- over with. Like you're scared. Aren't, people aren't like that. Anymore. I know, but you kind of need a bit of that and a bit of the other thing, right? Like you, you want a bit of the discipline, but you want a bit of the buddy. Like there's that medium ground that it feels like Trotz, for example, has figured out, or or Vigneault. Vigneault like has gone to teams and done well. You know, Tortorella has a bit of a shelf life, right? Like, I he's just, I full just, on emotional, and then he kind of just loses the team at some point. I feel like Treliving has to really take a couple steps back, take an overhead view of this team, and make some hard decisions. Yeah, I think and this is beyond tweaks. Beyond what, sorry? Like, beyond little tweaks. Oh, like yeah. We need, we no, need some big decisions at this I think point. That, I think it's a, it's either gonna, it's a big call to bring back Ward, or it's a... Like, everyone's comfortable with Ward, right? But you never want your organization to feel too comfortable. I feel like there should always be continual pressure, and it just seems like we just did it again the year after, right? We got through Winnipeg, and then we we it, to me losing that game with 11 seconds left was the turning point. Yeah, we looked completely deflated. Just the looks on the bench, there wasn't anyone like standing up and and rallying us to go forward. You know, we just we just absorbed all that pressure and took it, and we really need someone to to drive the team forward and you know i think geo has great leadership qualities in in many areas particularly off the ice on the ice I, I, and again i'm not there i can't speak for it but i think there are better captains in the league and don't get me wrong geo's a great captain but perhaps not in the areas that this kind of team needs like the, may, perhaps the relationship with someone like geo and the age gap between him and, and goudreau it shouldn't be much anymore, but you know, Goudreau strikes me as an immature twenty-seven. So does Mon. I mean, there's something missing. Yeah, but uh, I mean, maybe they need like maybe they need someone different on their line, or maybe we just need to get rid of them both. I, I don't, or one of you. I don't know what it is, but for whatever reason, it feels like there may be a bit of a the absence of that um veteran presence for at least the forwards i just before we let's let's get into this fully but before we go on did you did you notice any parallels between say the colorado series last year and the dallas series this year i mean aside from losing (laughs) (laughs) well that was the obvious one you usually like throw me up layups like that and i'll be okay (laughs) with taking it to um, me, it wasn't we were beat by it superior skill. It wasn't. It, it's almost like we beat ourselves. Yeah, like I think when we get demoralized, we'll lose to anybody. Like we we just crumble when when shit hits the fan. The to most me. the most frustrating part is to just see that, again the complete Jekyll and Hyde character of this team. Like they can go out and obliterate people. 
Yeah, and but like, then and then be completely they can score three goals and then give up seven. I guess there's no other way to sum that up. I mean, the biggest difference for me is at least Dallas didn't have that bona fide star that we were terrified of. It just was some weird co- character collapse yeah. when we were witnessing Dallas kind of take over. And again, back to your point of Dallas winning that game with like 13 seconds left or whatever, like, you know, that, that should be a rallying cry for the team being like, okay. Oh, it shouldn't happen, frankly. It shouldn't happen, but if it does happen, that if anything, that's going to illustrate the character that you have in the dressing room how they react to that. And we've seen this for three years or the last three times we've gone to the playoffs. There's always been this deflating, demoralizing moment that we just can't seem to get over. So this year it was that 13 seconds left. The year before with Avalanche, it was basically McKinnon. Every time he touched the puck, we just like collapsed. We, We just bent over. And then the year before that, or it was two years before that, I guess, we were playing Anaheim. Yeah, that was ju- just like bad, we just right? had this like messed up mental block on playing those guys, and Perry would totally like terrorize our player, our stars mentally, all game. He would pick on Goudreau, pick on Monahan, make some cheap shots here and there. Like Bieksa was a douchebag about it, but I mean he was doing his role. Like, but these are things that are like. But boy, but like, come on, read the scouting report. Have you ever played against Corey no, Perry but, before? No, but what I'm saying is that, like, the overlying problem or overarching problem with this whole thing is that the character is not good enough on this team that it takes one event for them to just crumble. I, That's dangerous. I don't disagree at all, but, I, I mean, I guess it's more of just a frustration to my point where you know you're playing Corey Perry and he can get under your skin. Yeah, get under his skin back. Like, just tell him, fuck you, Corey Perry. <laughs> Like, you look like I just wiped my ass and ate a lemon. Like, for Christ's sake, like, <laughs> fuck off. That's what I'd say. I mean, yeah, but, you know, would would that have been different like, if we had a Lucic, right? Your like, stupid visor on the bench where you belong. Yeah, like, I, I know, man, but I mean. Lucic, like, what does he do? Takes a dumbass penalty, man. And f- he had a really good playoffs for us, so I, that, pl- okay, that penalty, I agree, but in a, in a game, okay, in a 3 nothing game, that's a penalty. But in a zero-zero game, that wasn't a penalty. I, I kind of it sure, but it wasn't. That kind of stuff doesn't get called easily. Again, Dennis Weidman, man. No, you need to. You need to get over that. That's your. That's your. Men, that's your mental block. Oh, I got a good one for you later on. I'm gonna. I'm gonna get. Gonna be a good one. All right. Okay, let's talk about the future. You want to start coaching? What do we do with Ward? I think we need a better coach. Okay, so you don't think we sign Ward? I don't. I mean, I, if he's okay with being an assistant again, he can stick around. I mean, he's obviously got a good rapport with the players, but we need a we need a coach. I just I feel like the way this organization runs is that Ward's going to come back. Yeah. So, As a head coach. Yeah. He's gonna, he's gonna, that's what I feel. We'll see, and I don't know if the coaching options are out there really for a better. Is that coach. what you want? No, it's not what I want. Again, I'm not. I'm not. If I had to pick. 60% of me says I prefer a new coach. 40% of me is like okay with Ward. I'm not overjoyed about him staying. I'm okay. With I think it's I would have been the end of the world. I would have been okay with Ward being the head coach if I didn't see what I saw in that Dallas game when he put Riddick in after that collapse. Yeah, like, but I I mean, I don't I think that I think that was the right move. In hindsight, hindsight's super easy, right? But I don't think I mean, I get it, but I I didn't like the way it was done. 
how how else are you supposed to do it? I I think I would have waited till the period was done unless those goals were not Talbot's fault. They were they were shit, man. They, were they weren't Talbot's that bad. Fault. No, I mean they there were at least two of those goals that were extremely questionable to me. Just harkening back the days of Mike Smith, Jonas Hiller, fucking Kari Ramos. I know, but to me, it's it's more of a timeout, ream everybody out, and then see what happens after. I think I think you pull the goalie, and while that's skating, you're fucking screaming at your bench. What the fuck are you guys doing? And I didn't see. I don't that. know how. Maybe like Jeff Ward didn't. He doesn't. He didn't scream. He. It was like the most silent message ever. All the commentators are like Jeff Ward sending a message to his team, like, well, his lips aren't moving. So maybe I'd be saying something to my players. Like, I don't know. You and I have played sports, and if you give up a three-goal lead, there are some things that are said on the bench. Like, there are some tempers that are aggravated by that. I, I don't doubt that the players were losing it. They didn't look like they were losing it. At least some of them Because they let in were. another four. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it was the right move. I just think the way it was executed was wrong. Would you and, have put I mean, Talbot it, back in, though, after Riddick kind of just a, it was floated a, it around? It was a circus at that point. <laughs> It didn't matter. We weren't winning that game. I'd shut it off. I guess, okay. I, I in mean, just following okay. along on Twitter, I was like, yeah, this is a joke. And like, in hindsight, I probably would have done the same thing. We're making ourselves then. a joke of a franchise by All doing right. that. That's a good point. Like, yeah, I take it back. You, you pull the goalie, you put the other goalie in, then you pull the other goalie. Because, like, what the Did fuck? he do a timeout before he pulled the goalie? I don't remember now. I, I mean, both moves are right, in my opinion. Timeout for sure. Coaches are, coaches are too shy to pull the trigger on the timeout in, in the NHL what i've noticed fuck it man you deal with it later on calm the nerves down like know what you need to say to your team to get them to react i mean dallas did it yeah because they got three goals scored on them whoever they're i don't know his name looks like boness but they say it something differently right but all right well i mean it just seems like I don't know maybe there's just just, he just doesn't have evil in the nhl he just doesn't have that character like to me anyway glass. i have no idea yeah i mean he's just i i get what you're Seems saying like but a great guy a great yeah exactly coach just a great dude but sometimes the great dudes are not the guys I, taking I, leadership I, I agree with you 100 percent. is that that head coach should be a guy that you're afraid of a little bit afraid but okay to talk to if you can like or open enough to talking to you like sure. Sure. but well you. the old school coach is not the guy that's got his door open all the time no, no, you're right. There's nothing. We'll just we're in a wait and see pattern here. All right, let's. Uh, you want to do contracts now? Might as well. So there's some interesting contracts coming up. Here, here's the list of our UFAs. So just, just for your reference, we have uh, uh, just under 17 million in cap space going into next year. So Talbot, Stone, Gustafson, Forbert, Hamannick, Brody, Reader, Ronaldo, Zarnik are UFAs. RFAs, Jankowski, Mangiapane, Shillington. So on that list, is there any that jump out of you as immediate re-signs? For me, you got to sign Mangiapane RFA as cheaply as possible. Oh, yeah. Talbot. I think you signed Talbot. I mean, do you? What if you go for like a Holtby, a Leonard? I mean, if you can get, if you can get a line on a bona fide number one like that, then you don't. You're paying a lot of money for a Holtby. How much are you paying? I'm not paying that kind of money. We don't have that kind of money to spend on a goal. Our bet is kind of made on this goaltender situation. I guess I guess it's it depends on your view. So if you think that this team can be turned into a playoff contender, you have to have a goalie. Well, 
Okay, I'd like be willing. a proper goalie. The, the problem is you're not winning a cup with Talbot or or Riddick. We have a, not right now a huge amount of money tied up in players that aren't contributing a lot. I mean, I look at I look at a player like Derek Ryan making three point whatever now. It seems like a bad deal. It's a bit steep. Yeah, yeah, it, uh, it's a it's a bit steep indeed. Um, I mean, we we have the uh, obvious. You're gonna have that money tied up in Geo too, so. 16, you know, 17 million is not a lot of cap space to spend. And you you have a lot of holes here with these players who are leaving. I mean, I'm not I'm not signing Stone. I'm signing Gustafson probably for the right price. I think you signed Gustafson and Forbert. I'm not signing Forbert. We're not signing Hamannick because I think Hamannick made it very clear he's not coming back anyway. Um, Brody, I'm not signing again. Uh, Reader, you know, Reader's a weird one. If he can, if he signs for cheap, I would, well, cheap. If he signs for a decent deal, 700, maybe even a mil, I'll pay. Like, he had a really good playoff. Like, and I, I weigh the guys that show up in the playoffs way more than the guys that are just good in the season and then kind of hit or miss in the playoffs. Reader showed showed up all playoffs. Okay, so I'll give him credit there. So, so you're resigning Gustafson, no Ronaldo. No Definitely Ronaldo. not Ronaldo. Zarnik? No, well, no. I, I I don't mind the guy, but I think it's time to start bringing up some young guys too. Do you right? qualify Jankowski? No, I'm not re-signing Jankowski ever again. Okay. I, I'm I'm done with him. Manjipane? For sure. Shillington? For sure. Okay. You? Yeah, I try and get those two. Um, like Jankowski, just he needs a different environment. He needs to go. Yeah, I don't I'm sure think... he's a he's a good dude and all that, but when it came to hockey in the Flames, he was not filling his potential. He's a big guy, like he doesn't use his size. Like he's got good hands. Does he has no confidence in using his hands? The guy had the t- the raw tools to be a decent player. I just didn't see it. Yeah, How I, many years I, I do you think, need? I think it was just us really trying to make our first round pick work, and it's not. It's not, it's not. Yeah, I mean. Look, like if you can give me a good excuse reason to keep him, I cannot. I'm glad that Dubé's made a case to be in the team. That's Absolutely, he's he's a stud. He looked great in the playoffs. He was flying. He was, and Lucic should be given credit for that. I think Lucic gave him that confidence to be able to skate around with space. What about? Uh, well, we're gonna have problems with the upcoming. Yeah, I know the expansion draft. I mean, I was thinking about it. You you have to protect Lucic, don't you? We have no choice, don't we? Yeah. So you're protecting him. You're protecting Johnny Money, Lindholm, Backlund, Lucic. Uh, and there was one more, Kachuk. Kachuk, yeah. That's six, right? Yeah, and then you have D to worry about. You protect three D. You have to protect Geo, Hannafin, and Anderson. Do you have to protect protect Geo? I think he has a no move or no trade. Okay. Well, I don't know. I'm pretty sure I read something. And then the you other probably day. protect Riddick, right? Well, yeah. I mean, you. Well, it depends on the view, right? Like, what if the team wants to go with just one guy? Well, the expansion draft takes place before free agency, correct? Right. So that'll be interesting to see how that goes. I mean,. I don't know what the formula is. I haven't looked at the rules if it's the same as it was for Vegas. Well, I mean, like, so I, I mean, I, I don't f- think we're going to get as lucky as losing our pending UFA. Yeah, like, so for the rules, you have to select one player from each uh, 
obviously if, if you're the expansion team you're picking one player from each team yeah um except vegas vegas is exempt exempt from this thing so they have the clubs have two options protecting players seven forwards three defensemen and a goaltender yeah. or eight skaters, eight skaters and a goaltender right so I, oh yeah i thought it was eight skaters and two goalies uh and goaltender so no just one so you have this situation where now, okay, we talk about the UFAs and RFAs that we have. Well, you don't need to protect Dubé, do you? No, I don't think so. Do you need to protect Manjipane? I don't think you have to protect him either. You don't have to protect Shillington? Um, that one I don't know because... Well, you I mean, probably they're... protect Bennett. No, you can't. Well, if you protect Bennett, you're going to have to unprotect someone else. Who? I think you're only protecting 3D. Well, then, if you're protecting Geo... Geo, Hannafin, Anderson. The rest seem to be exempt. So then the rest are... exempt. Shillington's exempt. Well, Valmack is exempt because he didn't play a game, which yeah. was the smart move considering we had no chance to do anything. Um, But, yeah, like, I think... But do you want Bennett unprotected? I don't, but I don't think you need to protect 4D. I think you just protect those three. I mean, arguably, our D is the next big thing for us, right? Like, our Coming D... Coming up in the system? Or yeah, to trade in, in the system. Yeah, I agree. Like, at some point, you're just going to have to let the veterans go. At and then, some point, you know, the Valimakis and the Andersons have to become good and come real good. Like, one of those guys has to fill Geo's shoes real soon here. And Hannafin, too, he can step up. Like, again, Hannafin is just kind of... Every season is just a slight disappointment. Slight very slight like the slightest of disappointments right you always feel like he's got a little bit more to give he's not the worst player on the ice he's not the best but i'm like there there's more of a player in there maybe not okay so here's the exempt flames list we got jesus i can't even say his name but there's a goalie named artem zagadulin <laughs> yeah okay yeah that's a yeah <laughs> i don't think so they're picking he's not him. he's not he's exempt anyway so valimaki obviously connor mckay Colton Pullman, Yellison, Lurby, Pelletier, Philip, and Zevgorodny. So the rest are eligible. So Dubé's eligible, Mangiapane's eligible, Bennett's eligible. Yep. So one of them is going to go. Yeah. So you got yeah Kachuk, Goudreau, Monahan, Backlund, Lucic, Lindholm, Bennett, Dubé, Ruzica. Unless you Paul leave Spisil. someone like Backlund unprotected. I mean. I don't think you do. You don't want to do that because – is his contract, I guess his contract is a little so bit. we'll be protecting Goudreau, Monaghan, Lindholm. Kachuk. Kachuk. And then any combination of Backland, Bennett. There's someone else I'm missing. Lucic has to be protected, doesn't he? No, well, no, he doesn't. He has a no move, no trade. Well, it says here that he's eligible, but. Eligible to be taken by. Yeah. Okay, Eligible then. flame, yeah, but who's gonna pick him up for that contract? Maybe they are. No, Maybe. no, no. You you know better. You know better. They're definitely. If not. you're Seattle, are you okay? It's not a knock on the dude, but like th with that contract, there's no way. No, yeah. Unless you're getting sweet kickbacks in return. Yeah. But. So you're if you're if you're Seattle and you're looking at the Flames roster, you're probably taking Bennett. Bennett, Manjipane, Dubé, one of those guys. Probably one of them. Oh, fuck. That's not going to be as good as Shillington. 
That's going to be no. shitty. And Shillington's actually apparently not. Sorry. Um, fuck whoever that guy was that went to Vegas. Oh, you're talking about England? England, yeah. <laughs> England. That was a weird one. Well, Very that was an one. easy one for us because he was going to be a UFA and Vegas just took him. I kn- I didn't get it. Yeah. I thought that was a really stupid GM move. I guess they just wanted to show the player we want you. Yeah. Well, I think like right here. So we have, it was um off flamesnation.ca. So how they were doing it was they thought Riddick would be protected. Giordano, Hannafin, Anderson protected. Well, you don't need to protect Talbot because he's UFA. Right. And then Kachuk, Goudreau, Monaghan, Backlund, Lindholm, Dubé, and Manjupane protected. Yeah, okay. Exposed, leaving Shillington, Gustafson, depending on if he signs. And then Parsons is apparently exposed if they decide to take a chance they on that. They could take Tyler Parsons, yeah. Yeah, and then Lucic and Bennett are obviously available, but Lucic won't get picked so up. So Bennett's the guy, hey? Bennett's probably the guy, which is too bad because I think that you keep a guy like Bennett, even if he's kind of waffling in the season every year, I'm okay with a guy doing that if he shows up in the playoffs consistently like he does. When do we have to submit our lists and when is it released? Does it say? That's a good question. I'm sure there's a day for it. I don't have it right now with me, but it looks like, I mean, the draft is in June 2021, so I'm assuming... You know, they got to have that. It's not this year. It's another year after this? Yeah, June 2021. Oh, man. I thought it was this year. Well, it's supposed to be held in tandem with the 2021 NHL draft. So I, I don't know if things have changed since with COVID. Oh, I thought it was COVID, but in the 2020 draft. I guess no. not. All right. So, I mean, I don't know. Like, honestly, like, I'm so fucking tired of, like, people, you know, getting on Bennett's case. The, if you have a guy that shows up in the playoffs, you got to keep him. Yeah. You got to try to keep this guy, as far as I'm concerned. Speaking of guys that show up in the playoffs, Johnny Monty, what do you do? I, I'm, I've been saying this for two years. I, I, want the, I want one of them or both of them dealt while they still have value. I mean, right? what value is there at this point? Well, tremendous value in the sense that Johnny's contract is great for a player like him. There's your, huge value what, there. What's your. What's I just your don't know. Bad, what to good, ideal return. I mean, I I want us to go for Brady Kachuk. Oh, that's. I just think that's not gonna happen. No. Okay. You have to ideal. give up. You have to give up a lot, that's but that ideal. is ideal. Okay. But I think like what's if a you, good return? I don't know. Like I think you gotta look at guys that have a good playoff history at this point. So if you want to boil it down, you want to bring guys like a a Sagan type player. He doesn't have a great playoff history. Well, frankly, they well, you say that, but they've annihilated us. Sagan definitely didn't. Well, it doesn't I think, make a I difference. I don't think Sagan is a player I want on the Flames. Okay, do you want Jamie Benn? No. I well, don't then, want anyone from So Dallas. how did these guys beat us? Because we're not very good. No, that has <laughs> you're you're not being constructive at all. So Well, we were winning and then we beat ourselves. Like What do you mean we I, beat I, ourselves? Dallas has a strong supporting cast and Dallas has younger owned players us. that all year. Up. Well, then, I mean, like because they have players that know how to the play. Radic Fadskas and Hinces of the world. I've never even heard of these guys, and they come in and tool us. Okay, but I mean, like, that's that's not like a situation where you look at it and be like, okay, well, Johnny Money are worth more than that. Well, they're not. Johnny Money should be tooling you, these other do guys. Do you think Dallas makes a trade Sagan for Goudreau? I don't think so. I don't know what they do. I mean, they're getting. 
destroyed by Colorado tonight. We can't get anyone from Colorado right now. No, but Dallas is 3-1 up on Colorado. Right, but Colorado right now is turning it up, so we'll see how Dallas's fucking experience p- plays out. But this is my point. They're up 3-1 on a team that destroyed us, made us look like shit. So there's some ingredients there that makes them successful. Goaltending, perhaps. I don't know. Well, okay. but get Anton Hudobin. <laughs> okay, wh- what are you going to get for wh- – who are you going to get for that? They're not going to take Goudreau and, like – I just – I just fear the tr- I just fear the Goudreau trade for a first round pick and a stupid prospect. Okay, what about like a Pasternak? You gonna get him? Absolutely. How are you gonna get him? Like I would like ideally like a Pasternak Krejci type thing. We're not getting that. But we're not. Like, but we have to start with somebody. So is Pasternak like doable? I think these players are unattainable for Goudreau. Like no one's willing to pull the trade. Boston's successful there. Unfortunately. I don't think it matters at this point about whether or not Goudreau's worth it, but the fact that everyone knows that Goudreau's probably not going to stay. So they all don't these know teams, that for sure. He's came well, out in the press saying, I could see myself staying here. No, but he's doing that because, because of the Eric Francis thing. Sure, but, but I mean, like maybe my, if you look at a team like Florida, who have a bunch of young stars, and you're looking at, I don't know, like Goudreau for one of those pieces, right? A Barkov or a Huberdu. I don't know if that's feasible, but that would be a strong move. And like, if you could package Wanahan and, and then they're sending something else of value your way, like you know, you just talk to them. You're not making the playoffs with these guys. Maybe the, maybe uh, shaking it up helps you out. Okay, I think but you have to look at a team like that. Or, uh, okay, but I'm what I'm saying to you is, if you're the GM of the Bruins. You yeah. know Johnny is it's it's a 50-50 chance he's going to resign with the Flames. You know that. I think you need you, don't a, need, you, you need you need another can, GM who wants to roll the dice. I know, but you can corner the Flames GM by saying, "Well, I might take my chances when then he's a, when he's about to expire." Tell the Bruins to fuck off then. Okay, but then it's not the the Bruins are not going to be the only ones saying that. Like think about it from a trading perspective. Like you you have an asset and you're trying to get rid of it, but everyone knows that an asset has an expiry point. You know what? Narratives can change really fast. So I'm not too concerned about yeah, the but story that I think he's going to leave, personally. Yeah, me too. But his playoff performance has also been downhill. Again, these are all things that are being highlighted right now, and his contract value is good. Yeah. His trade value is still not great. Okay, but, but you're going to... I guess what I'm getting at is that you're going to have to give up a first-round pick and Goudreau for someone. Sure. You get, I'll give well, up do a, you? Th- I give up a first-round pick in Goudreau for Pasternak, for Brady Kachuk. You probably have to give more. What? What more do I have to give? Maybe you have to do a first-round pick for the next season, the first-round pick for the season after. That's a lot. But that's probably if I was the GM of the other team, I would probably push for that. I would probably negotiate that, try and get that one down right. for a second. So we're probably talking about that kind of a trade-off. Are you willing to even try that? You know, my fear is that it just turns into something where we have Goudreau for two seasons and then trade him for nothing because he's not going to resign and he's a UFA. Okay. Well, and that's the thing. So this is the dilemma that, like, Treleving's going to go through. If I was Treleving, I'd be tapping up every GM to see what's available and what's Yeah, but you don't – okay, but I guess maybe this is where you and I have differences because if you knock every door of the GMs out there, they all talk, man. You can't do that. 
Because they know this guy is actively shopping this kid. No, I'm not saying shop Johnny. I'm saying, hey, you know, how are you feeling about moves and stuff like right. that? I got a few potential. What do you want to trade? Feelers going. I don't know. You tell me. Like, because, look, there's a bunch of guys I think we can get without giving up too much. Like, do you think Heiskanen, for example, can... No, not interested. Not interested. You're not interested. I'm not. Not for Goudreau. But he's having a great playoff. Great. <laughs> okay. But you got to start somewhere. What if you want to build a line of, of Johnny's guys? Johnny's a point-per-game player still. Let's yeah, not but, forget that. But in the playoffs, he's also a snoozer. For Calgary, not maybe not for someone else who where he's not the number one guy. Keep going down the list. Yeah, I know, but we don't. That doesn't. That's if we irre- trade fucking Goudreau for Heiskanen. That's it. That's I'm not saying fire that, I'm not saying Goudreau for Heiskanen straight up. I'm just saying who are who's out there that you'd be interested in? Brady Kachuk. Okay, but Brady Kachuk, you're gonna have to give Goudreau first and a first, easily. What about Mark Shifley on Winnipeg? Yeah, I'd go for that. And you 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 package Monahan and then Winnipeg throws in something else. I don't sure, know. something like that. Like right. And Anything you, like that. And then you can pair... Or maybe Goodrow's better with a Shifley than a Monahan. I, I think one of them needs to go. Yeah. And that something needs to happen. I think it's harder to ship Monahan because Goodrow's more of the star. But I still, I still have this conspiracy theory that Monahan is like just perpetually injured all the time. I don't think it's so much of a conspiracy theory. And I think like before that gets... Does he seem to be moving gingerly? Does he, does he seem to be moving fast. briskly? No. Yeah. I mean, at some point, I keep... He's a reasonably big body in the right places at the right time, which, in fairness, is a good hockey skill. Well, his uh, hockey IQ is definitely much higher than the average player. He's He knows where to be. He does, and yeah. that's a skill. It's just, if he... His, he seems to be getting a lot more clumsy, and just... There, there's something going on <laughs> Honestly, there. Honestly, I think we're one of the worst passing teams in the NHL. <laughs> like, I watch our passing, and our... It's just a lot of the goals we score. I see, I see other teams score these like silky passing move, like one timers into a half open cage, and you know we're fucking shoveling them in from halfway line and hoping <laughs> Goudreau's wraparounds go in. But well, the we dump, pass like shit, man. I know, and then that dump pass is back again, like in full force with the play, a power oh, play. Like God. Jesus Christ! It's like it's like everyone's just waiting for it to happen, and then it's, it's like f- what's it's three guys going to happen here? It's three guys up on the blue line. They know exactly how to counter the damn thing. Like, and then now we're stuck with dumping the puck, and the only guy on that line that's going to even bother going for it is Lindholm. Do you know what I hate the most about that? Is that sometimes they gain the zone, but the other player is closing them down, <laughs> and we've gained the zone, and we still fucking dump it in. <laughs> and, oh, my God. It's the worst. Like, our zone entry sucks. Like, yeah. I mean, there's just so many things that we need to change, and I think it does start with just a big deal. And then from there... We got to take some risks too. We got to. We can't be afraid a deal first round pick anymore. Let's say you can only have one thing, but it can be one thing that you want, like the incoming. It can be a trade or a free agent signing. What is it? What do you mean? Well, when free agency hits or the trade market hits or the draft hits, you get one deal that you propose is one that you want. Like you can sign Taylor Hall or something like that. I mean, sign Braden Holtby. I mean, I think if I if I really want to make this team the competitor, I'd take the risk and, and sign a Holtby and a Hall. Can't sign both. Well, I'd probably take Holtby before anything else. I'm in the camp. I'm in the camp of you need a bona fide number one to even think about making a playoff run. Every single fucking Stanley Cup winner had a good goalie. 
and a, and a goalie that was undisputably their number one. None of this 1A, 1B bullshit. Nothing I mean, has good has come out of 1A, 1B. Crawford really a good goalie? He was their goalie for years. And he was their goalie for in their in their playoff winning years. You could argue I that you, their team I'd was really good. It to say you need a hot goalie. No, well, he wasn't that bad in the seasons. Well, Corey Chicago Crawford was wasn't a, something. Chicago was a good team, and having a good team, having, is Crawford having not a Brent Riddick. Seabrook and Duncan Keith play in front of you for forty-five minutes a night. Yeah, but I mean, you. it's not like Gio's like some shit-ass defender, man. He's a fucking Norris Trophy guy. Like, it's not okay. He didn't have the the greatest of years, but it wasn't a bad year, right? You still had Brody had a half decent year actually, especially after his uh, medical issue that he had. Yeah, he did. And and so. Hannafin stepped it up, in my opinion. The play Anderson did well. And our defense isn't bad. Brody will probably get a decent contract from someone somewhere. Yeah, I think Brody just needs to change an environment. I, I think he will stri- He will be a great defender with someone else. I, I think he's just kind of hit a mental block with us, in, in my opinion. But, yeah, like if you want to build a Stanley Cup contending team, you need a goalie. You need a number one goalie, period. I, no one has ever come up with an example with me that a 1A, 1B system's won the Cup. Nothing. They always had solid goalies in the back. Always. Whether Crawford or not is like a good goalie is up to for debate, but the guy showed up in the playoffs at least. You need a hot goalie. A good goalie that sure. gets hot. Sure. A good goalie that gets hot. Okay, I'll agree with that. I just... I just. What, what are you going to do? Like, uh, are you going to sign I a Hall or a Hopi? I, I would want the blockbuster trade that makes us go, wow. And That's ballsy. Let's go for it. Yeah. Like, we mean business. We're going to shake it up. Like, this is Calgary Flames hockey, and this is what our organization is. It's what we're trying to do. I don't know if it's possible, but... And if not, I think maybe a, a, a marquee free agent signing, a Hall or a Holtby, would be my kind of guess. I think the only way that you're going to see a big blockbuster trade is that if you have either Monahan or Johnny paired with probably an up, up-and-coming defender and a pick. It's going to be for some. What? Well, if it's going to be for some big player, I think a guy like Anderson might get packaged in. No, you can't uh, trade Anderson. Okay, but if you, you want a blockbuster trade, line. we don't have nothing left, but it does diminish our blue line. But I, that's but that's I probably what would see happen. Us trading away Johnny or Monty for a, another defenseman. Which I I don't know if I would be on board with that, but. I'm just saying that that might happen. You right? know I'm not Maybe saying Toronto, I want it. Toronto wants to, I don't know. We're not trading with Toronto ever in our lifetimes. We are banned from trading with Toronto. Nothing has good has come out of a trade with Toronto. We could absorb no. some money for Mitch Marner and maybe no, they get no, Tyson no, Berry no. and we give something. We are, we are banned from trading with Toronto. And nothing has good All right. has come out Anything of it. Anything else? I got nothing. I mean, I, I don't know how long that was, but it had been a while. So. It's a long one, guys. Sorry. If you've lasted this long, Jesus, you're a good fan. Um, we'll get back on the regular ship here and once the season starts, I guess. Maybe we'll get the odd one here and there. But thank you for your support. We actually got approached by some broadcasting startup thing. I'm sure they've messaged, they mass messaged everyone, I'm sure. But, you know, it's it, it makes a difference when we have. You know, 80 to 100 listens average per episode. So, you know, like without your support, we're not 
we're not getting anything, right? And well, we're not we're doing this for fun. This so. broadcasting thing was a p- podcast radio network, which doesn't seem to make sense to me because you I mean, can we're get not, your we're podcast not here to, yeah. free anywhere. We're not we're not here to criticize it. It's just well, okay. my point is they that they wanted like, us to pay them fifty dollars a week. I mean, <laughs> we're not going to do that. Fuck. I mean, good luck to them. We're not here to soil their name at all. We're we just didn't saying. Even say their name. Yeah, we're just. We're just thankful that we have enough fans to our podcast that you know we would get approached for we, something. We like do that. this for fun and for the for the yeah, love of being it. a fan yeah. and the interactions with fans, obviously. And when all the when all this stuff is over with with COVID and and whatnot, we would love to grab a beer with our fans. Uh, we know we have at least a few that th- talked about it, so we're totally down with that. We're much cooler in person and uh, and slightly cooler. I mean, anything is better than this. And then uh, yeah. So we'll probably see you guys in, what, a month? Yeah, when there's big news, maybe we'll talk about it. When there's a big fucking blockbuster trade, we'll be back. Something When we happen. trade Goodrow in a first-rounder, another first-rounder, and Anderson for... Keep us on your subscription. For Nathan McKinnon. <laughs> Time to go. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.